the lens that I bought, I think, is is a little close. Yeah, these are a little close. It's zooming in way too much, man. Way too much. Yeah, my camera's like six meters away from me. It's my room's <laughs> not this big. Like <laughs> my tripod is a board game and an empty cardboard box right now. Oh, incredible work! Incredible work! But this is the show. This is the show. This is the show. I once knew these two guys. Each, in their own way, had had it all and blew it, left with broken brains and battered bravery, having to find parts of themselves they had seen in film and cinema. But who were they anymore? If they were going to do this, it needed to be the most thorough search for identity ever undertaken. Welcome to the Every Movie Ever podcast with your hosts, Ben Groves and Rob McFarlane. This episode contains spoilers. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Every Movie Ever podcast. My name is Ben Groves. And my name is Rob McFarlane. Welcome to the show where two best friends with arguably terrible mental health use movies (laughs) to sort of act as a mirror for the best and worst of themselves and also mainly primarily as a form of escape. It's sort of part movie analysis, part self-analysis, but always yeah. nonsense, always fun nonsense. Always fun. But in the spirit of that, Ben, I feel like it's important to ask the most important question first. Mm-hmm. So before we get to what we're doing, how are you doing, bud? Oh, babe, I'm good. Nice. Tomorrow's my birthday. Congrats. Thank you. What are you doing to celebrate? I'm going to the Boardroom Gaming Cafe in Telford. Good man. I'm going to go play a couple games there, play some coup. I'm the Duke. With some buddies. I'm the Duke. Nice. And that's it, man. I'm sober. You know what I mean? I don't really know what to do with birthdays (laughs) anymore. That's all right. That's more than enough. That's more than enough. Yeah, 100%. How are you, man? Still awful. Still everything is on fire. I'm sorry to hear that. I am sadder than I've ever been, but I've realized that... I also have one hour where I can pretend that I'm not. Mm. So rather than getting down in the nitty gritty, rather than getting in the muck of it okay. this week, I'm just going to run away into a lovely world of film with my best bud. Come join me in a forest of yeah. fun. Eh, where we can go escape in a movie. Go escape in a movie. We'll just have a... If it makes you feel any better, by the way. Yeah. Sadness looks really good on you. Oh, cheers, bud. Cheers. Yeah, you're looking good, man. Looking trim. I'm looking like I've got two torches in my face, which is... <laughs> Look, we've got some amateur YouTube money, right? Because we're, we're amateur s- YouTubers now. We're, we're not getting paid for it. It's not professional. So, no. yeah. We're killing torches it. And, torches and VHS boxes. It's Woo! the way to go, mate. It's the way to go. So, buddy, today we're starting a brand new series. You've brought this one to the table. Uh, yeah. Would you like to do the honours of introducing it and as to why you have brought this to my attention? Well, we are kicking off our Marvel Phase 1 series. And we are starting with the film that launched a thousand sequels. A thousand? Tie-in games and television series. All right, there you go. That's, that's, that feels better. Iron Man 1, 2008, directed by John Favreau, starring Robert Downey Jr., Terrence yeah. Howard, yeah. Gwyneth Paltrow, and Jeff Bridges. All fantastic actors. All fantastic actors. And mm. we normally, at this point, explain why we're doing this. Yeah. Kind of what impact this has had on cinema. But I do have to point out, if you're listening slash watching a movie podcast mm-hmm. and don't know why the Marvel Phase 1 series might be important to cinema, are you lost? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, surely, if, you, if you've clicked on a movie podcast, mm-hmm. you'd know Marvel's been about, right? Yeah. 
Also, if you've clicked on the first episode in our Marvel Phase 1 series, and you are a stereotypical Marvel fan, this isn't going to be a deep dive into the into the mind-numbing sort of, um, I think you'll find none of that stuff. All right, I'm just going to put that out there I've now. I've got some of that. I've got some of that. Don't, don't You've got some of that. I've got none of it. I'm, this is for me. I'm protecting myself oh, and my okay. family. Yeah, yeah. Because some of the Marvel fans <laughs> are fucking <laughs> rabid, mate. Yeah, yeah, they are. They are. Look, this this uh this cost 130, 140 million to make when it came out in 2008. Wow. 2008. That that must be at least how much yeah. is that in today's money? Like 500 million? <laughs> I mean, it seems like inflation's that bad, but trust me, it's <laughs> serious. <laughs> Freddos are a quid. They're not a quid. They're a quid. They're not actually a quid, are they? They're a quid. That's the last time I watched Godfather Part 2. That's what I mean. <laughs> but with the the insight we I think we can give into this though, Ben, is when we this came out, we were we were nerds, right? Oh, horribly unpopular. Horribly unpopular. Horribly and now, unpopular. Now Marvel's mainstream and yep. franchises are mainstream, shared universes are mainstream. Yeah, yeah. And none of that was really true before this film and before what Marvel Entertainment did and how Marvel Entertainment came to be. So before I tell you how much this made, okay, we've got some facts to get into. But before we get into the facts, mm-hmm. we should do what we always do and say we are going to break this movie down plot-wise very quickly. Just give yep. it a scan uh, from first scene to last scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If somehow you have not seen this film but are still planning to... Now's your spoiler warning. Yes. But this is mostly for people who have seen it, but maybe not seen it in a while. We're going to remind you what happens in this film so you know what we're talking about later on. Do you want to, do you want to start us off with a breakdown, bud? Also, this film's from 2008, so if you're, if you're upset by any spoilers <laughs> from this, yeah, it's yeah, on you, buddy. On. You know what I mean? It's on you. Sort yourself out, yeah. All right, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll open this one up. You ready? Yeah. The film opens with genius billionaire arms dealer Tony Stark being captured by terrorists in Afghanistan. Having been mortally injured with shrapnel from one of his own devices, he is kept company in cave prison by a kindly doctor who saves his life with an electromagnet surgically implanted in his chest, keeping him alive while the terrorists force them both to build a powerful weapon using illegally... Obtain Stark products. After a series of flashbacks showing Tony to be an egotistical, self-important asshole of the highest degree, who (laughs) takes his life of luxury and deadly (laughs) profession totally for granted, we then cut back to him being coerced with torture and the threat of death. Mm -hmm. But Tony still refuses to build the weapons they demand. Mm. Instead, Stark builds a powered suit of armor to escape, marking the creation of the first Iron Man suit with advanced technology. I say advanced technology. I mean, my guy looks like a medieval knight who turned up to the wrong film set and has been (laughs) sort of forced into making sense for Mad Max 2. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, this would fit perfectly in Mad Max 2. I imagine somebody saw Evil Dead and went, yeah, but sci-fi. Yeah, but metal. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but in a suit. (laughs) (laughs) Tony returns to the United States and announces that Stark Industries will no longer manufacture weapons. This decision is met with resistance from his business partner, Obadiah Stane, who would frankly rather suck off a dog than let Tony destroy the company. Stane has spent decades building as the premier arms dealer in the West. I mean, I'm, I'm just, I'm glad I can get you to say whatever I like by just writing these breakdowns. And I've not read not, this one yet. Yeah. I've not read this one. And I saw Suck Off a Dog and I was like, how do I sell that one convincingly? Yeah, you, just, you, you just, you just underplayed it. Yeah. Let me do it again. Let me do it again. 
No, 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 no. Stain, who would rather oh, yeah, suck off a dog. Yeah. Yeah. It was worse. Yeah. That was worse. That's what was, that was way worse. That's not Stain. That was worse. Stark refines and upgrades his Iron Man suit, adding advanced features and weaponry with the help of his AI assistant, Jarvis, played by Paul Bettany. After shit-mixing his entire luxury car collection and wiping a few grand off the value of his home slash laboratory, Tony flies back to where he was kidnapped and absolutely ruins a day of a, of a couple terrorists. Just a couple. Just yeah, a couple. A couple thirty. He kills so many people in this film. <laughs> yeah, it's unreal. He goes it's he goes way. from he goes from kidnap victim to straight up murderer and he does yeah. not once acknowledge that like you just killed your first person. He's like, nah. Yay! War crimes! <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Stark discovers that an envious stain is behind his capture and has been supplying the weapons to the terrorists in a bid to oust Tony from the company. The two engage in a climactic battle as Stain uses a larger, more powerful suit known as the Ironmonger. Yeah. I, it's yeah, actually, yeah, it's called I the Ironmonger. I did not get yeah, any yeah. of that in the that's film. That's why it's easy to like, oh, we're Ironmongers, Tony. We make right. weapons and that's what he calls the yeah. suit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I've got to stop here and say that I'm not sure that a super suit is ever oh, it's incredible, more right? erect it's so good. than the Ironmonger. It's fucking insane. He has like yeah. rocket-powered yeah, yeah, yeah. feet, buddy. He's built like a fucking <laughs> brick shithouse with rocket-powered feet. Uh, yeah, it is good. Just erection. There was nothing. There was nothing but sheer three <laughs> inches of rigid. <laughs> Tony reveals his identity as Iron Man to the public in a press conference, departing from the typical superhero secret identity trope mm. and setting in motion a franchise of movies that has left an indelible mark on the world of cinema. So just a quick recap. Howard Hughes stops pissing in war jars and builds a robot suit and his adoptive business daddy gets jealous. He is Iron Man! Yeah, latency doesn't make singing together work, does it? Uh, Harmonies, buddy. You know what I mean? Harmonies. We're going to be turning down calls from Beyonce all day, buddy. Already do, mate. Already do. I do feel like it's we now's a good time to point out. We know that almost everything there is to be said about this set of films has been said. Yeah, yeah. We, we know we're late to the party. Nothing's new here. You know what I mean? No, exactly. There's no like new information that we're like, ah, guess what? It's all been, it's all been said. Uh, it's all out there is what I'm saying. It's, yeah, it's all, all out, out there. there. Yeah, the only yeah, thing yeah. that we're bringing to the conversation is how we feel about it, how it affected us. Yeah. What this did to cinema and how it affected our interpretation of cinema. You know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. Good. Because one of the few things I resent Marvel for Okay. Besides their recent set of movies, which I'm not a fan of, because uh, who is? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Thanks for Phase Four. <laughs> yeah. I do feel. I do feel like when we were kids, I was into comic books. That wasn't cool. No, not at all. And now, for the rest of my life, when I say, "Oh, I'm into these characters," people go oh, retro because it's been made <laughs> yeah. so ma- right. It's been made so mainstream. Yeah. That it's now going to always be tied to a decade that's so upsetting previously it was just comics i've never thought about it like that dude it's my birthday tomorrow man i'm feeling like i'm getting old already you are yeah and that's just made it four times worse yeah yeah because all the things you love are gonna get dated because they got popular it's fine it's fine it's fine (laughs) is it is it fine no i'm not sure it is fine and i think i mean marvel made a shitload of money by selling your dreams yeah so Yeah, yeah applause i guess at least they did yeah. it well, though. At least they, they took my childhood and did something good with it. 
Because I remember seeing Fantastic Four in the cinema. Unlike Uncle Terry. Unlike Uncle Terry. I remember seeing Fantastic Four in the cinema. Uncle Terry yeah. took me. Um, <laughs> in the cinema? Oh, twice. No lights, I guess. The last place you'd expect to see it. Ben, this is our first YouTube video. We're already on child abuse. It's mate. bad. Yeah, let's not. Let's not. So seeing Fantastic Four in the cinema, it was like yeah. they'd taken my childhood and fucking punched it in the throat. You know what I mean? It's like they gave no fucks about what it meant to, wait, to wait, the wait, people wait. who grew up with it. The first one or the second one, Rise of the Silver Surfer, or the third one, Fan Stick. No, they're all shit. They are all shit. <laughs> I'm on about the first one. Yeah, yeah. They're my favourite superhero team as well because I had all the golden age... Basically, my grandmother, being a raging alcoholic, used to sit in bed, drink vodka, and read Marvel comics. <laughs> so when I was a little kid, mm -hmm. there was just this massive cupboard full of all the Marvel comics, right? And they were destroyed. Nice. That's such a shame. Right, yeah, I know. They, it would, mm. That cupboard would have been, like, worth more than my entire life. Oh, yeah. If it weren't for the fact that they had, like, vomit stains and crinkles and rips and stuff. Nana's drinking habits all over it. Right, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but... I did get to read the stories and fan Fantastic Four were incredible. Mm. They've never been put to film and they probably never will be in a way that's that's worth it. No. Because the Marvel the Marvel train is out of there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I think it's too far gone, man. The damage is done. But when I was when I was coming up, yeah. I wasn't overly into Marvel. But comic right. books for me and that whole culture was getting the train to the next town over. Where right. our nearest comic book store was. It was me and my two <laughs> friends. Right. We'd go over there. I'd buy, like, you know, the Dark Horse stuff and the kind of oh, the, the smaller so IDW. Dude, IDW has got my heart. That's the one man, Mars Attacks, Kiss. Like, they're the comics that have got my heart. But I'd pick up, like, I'd pick up a few Marvel here and there, like Hulk. Yeah, I'm yeah. obsessed with Hulk. He's just, you know, a super angry guy that wants love but doesn't understand his emotions. Oh, it's you. See what I mean? Fits me down to a T, man. Oh. It's down to a T. I fucking love the Hulk. So I'd do this, and then it was the train ride home. We'd all be sitting there frantically reading. We'd look like a, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the fucking weird little nerd table at the back of the train, sitting and swapping comic books and doing this, that, and the other. Totally. And then when we get to school or whatever, we'd have read our comic books, so we'd do a trade. And all three of us would end up reading all three of our comic books, right? Yeah, yeah. One of my mates was yeah. massively into Marvel. Fucking adored right. it. So every week I'd read like different stories about whether it was Thor or, you know, Fantastic Four. He was super into like um, Silver Surfer and he liked a lot of the older comics. So we'd buy like some of the dated ones from the late 80s, early 90s. And they nice. were the ones I was reading. Yeah. yeah. See, they were cool as fuck, man. I could get behind them. Yeah. Plus the artwork. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Before Rob Liefeld started giving everyone bad feet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Which you were mad about because you were reading Image. You were like, oh, I love Spawn's feet. I'm like, they're not feet. They're stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like, I feel like that, was the that was Marvel that we grew up with, right? It was, it was a comics company. Yeah. And they had sold characters before to, uh, to film studios, right? So they'd sold Spider-Man to Sony. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They'd sold the X-Men to Fox. Mm. And those companies had sort of reinterpreted the characters through the lens of what they thought was saleable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you had, you had retcons, you had a whole bunch of stuff that was different about the characters. And, and Marvel wanted to, some of that money. You know, they were only getting a percentage of... The Sam Raimi Spider-Man films are hugely successful. Massive. And Marvel was getting a, a fraction of what, what that was worth. So David Maisel, who previously worked at CAA, um, was sort of drafted in to create Marvel Entertainment. Right, okay. Uh, and Marvel, Enterta Marvel Entertainment is essentially the, the, the film studio behind the MCU. It was the first 
big new Hollywood studios since DreamWorks. Wow. Do you remember when DreamWorks was new and they did Shrek? We were like, oh, who are these DreamWorks guys? Yeah. Um, there wasn't another new major Hollywood studio until Marvel came along. Okay. And they funded it all. They funded it all with a loan from Merrill Lynch. Ooh, yeah. Okay. How much do you think they borrowed? Well, you said it cost 140, right? Yeah, yeah. 200? <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> Marvel Entertainment, a brand new company with no track record, yeah. got a loan from Merrill Lynch. Okay. No nice guys being massive bankers. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure, sure. For, and I quote, $525 million. Ooh. <laughs> right? Ooh, okay. Yeah. And uh, do you know how they- Fuck me, man. Yeah. Do you know what they secured that loan against? What was that? The intellectual property rights of all of their characters. Oh, fuck <laughs> off, man. <laughs> hold on, hold on. All of Marvel characters. Every, all the Avengers, everyone that's in the MCU. Oh, my God. They bet the farm. If this film hadn't succeeded, Marvel Entertainment would no longer own Marvel characters. Meryl fucking Lynch would own <laughs> yeah. Thor. Yeah. Thor would just be there being like, Isis. Get one. <laughs> <laughs> Thunderclap. Also, fantastic interest rates. Yeah, exactly. Incredible. I'm Captain America and I'm saying short JP Morgan. <laughs> <laughs> Bank of Captain America, the first Avenger. A hundred percent. Incredible. Yeah, that, they, Incredible. Would, they, they would lose the house. Now, can you imagine Like that would be insanity to do that would can you imagine dc betting batman and superman no on Zack snyder's that's films? fucking insane that's like <laughs> it's like charlie chaplin betting charlie chaplin on one film yeah <laughs> oh here's my entire catalog where i've done 20 films a year yeah for about three decades yep. uh can i borrow a bit of money to make one film the fuck are you doing yeah obviously yes Fucking fingers crossed it flops, buddy. <laughs> to be fair, <laughs> to be fair, because I am a massive Chaplin nerd, Chaplin also did that when he made The Great Dictator. That's why he got exiled from America. Because they were like, you're a socialist. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Hold on. I thought you meant that he got exiled because he, it flopped. Like he put his loan against this American citizenship. And they were like, nah, fam, didn't make enough cash. Off your foot, buddy. Get on the fucking uh, next boat I mean, out of here. Go on. Can you imagine anything more American? <laughs> <laughs> now, the good news is, the good news is, right, they they did they did make oh. this decision quite wisely because they had a script for Iron Man. They were in talks with Nicolas Cage. Right. To play Tony Stark. Okay. Which would have been a wildly different film. That would have been incredible. It would have been incredible. Yeah, it would have it been It would have been more incredible than the person they then started talking to. Okay. Uh, Tom Cruise. I don't know, you know, man. I'm an unashamed Tom Cruise fan. Like, I'm, yeah, but, I fucking love that tiny man. That tiny yeah, man with Tony the Stark. one tooth in the middle of his face. Mm. Yeah, mm. but also, but also mm. when he's in the suit, people wouldn't know he was a man because of the height. They'd just be like, it's Iron Boy. <laughs> <laughs> it's the man with the iron stilts. Everyone look out. <laughs> Imagine the suit possibilities on that, though. It'd be sort of like Jarvis, extra three inches. Jarvis, heel inlays. <laughs> Sorry, when you said extra three inches, I I got confused. Forgot we were talking about height. Oh yeah, to be fair. Uh, no, they talked to a couple of actors, and they ended with famous addict 
Robert Downey Jr., who was yes. just coming out of like the low point of his addict years. Bearing in mind, at some point in the previous five years, the leading star of this $525 million all of the Marvel characters at IP bet yeah. was placed on a man who five years previously had been fired from a role on television in Ali McBeal. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. He did Zodiac before this. Just before this, he did Zodiac. This Just before this. I mean, I would have banked on that. Uh, admittedly, he was playing an addict in Zodiac. <laughs> so obviously he would have fucking nailed that one. Which he did. Yeah, yeah. He nailed he it. He did. Yeah. yeah, where does he draw this from? The inspiration here is just mm, incredible. Although, although I got a lot of love for Robert Downey Jr. and I can't imagine Same. anything harder than being a recovering addict, having to play one, mate. Being like, oh, can you just can you just act like you're fucked on drugs, and then you after the end of the scene, you're like, yeah, oh, I got itchy teeth, man. I could really fucking that dude. Like, it, it, the worst thing about this whole thing is right is. I've been sober for two years, yeah? You have? Just, well, uh, just over two years now. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, um, well done, well done. I went to the pub for the first time in two years, uh, maybe four weeks ago. It was the single hardest day of my entire fucking life, man. Yeah. Holy shit. I went for a gender reveal of a couple friends, um, Adam and Polly. Do they not know what gender they are? Oh, okay, sorry. No, 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 no. The baby. Oh, their child. On, buddy. Yes. <laughs> sorry, on. okay. Come on, we know this. We're I, thought just been, I thought they'd just been in a box this whole time and they're like, hi. Yeah. And then I you mean, made that's really how good they friends got into this like, Ad was in a box. And now they've, you know, now a baby's okay. in the box. Okay. <laughs> Tiny clap. Tiny <laughs> clap for that. You were in a pub. I was in a pub. Hardest thing yeah. I've done. Because I've never been, it's never been so accessible for me to put five pounds on the, the, the counter and yeah. just be given the one thing that I've been like struggling to hold off. Yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. I've I have I've withdrawn from that environment and being put back in there was ridiculous. Luckily, I had a group of friends around me who were all super fucking supportive. Yeah. Um, good. A, a couple of them had switched to non-alcoholic to sort of match my energy. And then it Aww. was it was a, it was super cute, man. Honestly, I've got the, yeah, I've got cute. some incredible people around me. They just sat there at the pub table going, having a nice time, Ben. This is fucking great. Are you enjoying it? yourself? Well, I'm fucking glad one of us is because this tastes like wet wheat. Mm, Fantastic. I love this fucking lemonade, Ben. Thanks for this. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for my four pounds Coke. I'm such a good friend, aren't I, Ben? Aren't I such a good friend? Oh, fantastic, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. No, bless what them. We bless them. No, it was They're lovely. They're doing God's work. Um, They're doing God's work. I can't imagine being Robert Downey Jr. playing an addict whilst being a recovering addict. And the fact that he mm -hmm. pulled it off so well. And the fact that like he did so fucking well to get to where he is right now. Oh, God, yeah. Nothing but massive inspiration. Insane. Huge inspiration. Yeah. Fair play to him. Any, no one's got a fucking word to say that can be negative against what that man's been through and what that man's come through and what that man's achieved off the back of that mm. until they've done it themselves. Because he is like the fucking, he is like the Mother Teresa yeah. of recovering addicts, right? Oh, God, yeah. He's you like, you I mean? can stop drinking and still be cool and still get laid yeah. and still succeed. Yeah. Like, all the things you're worried about mm. changing about yourself when you stop drinking, when you stop being a drugs user, you're like, but I'm going to be uncool and I'm going to be square and I'm like, what, like Robert Downey Jr. is? Yeah, exactly. Oh, you're going to be like Robert Downey Jr.? Oh, boo-hoo. Boo oh, unlucky. Yeah, unlucky. You're going to be like fucking Iron Man. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh fucking, <laughs> let me just play this tiny violin for you. <laughs> yeah, so we know that, but I feel like if I was a studio exec and I'd seen this man have 10 mm. years, like it was a long time, 
Mm. He was big mid nineties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he was fired from Ali McBeal in two thousand and one. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and fair. he slowly started making a comeback, but they were all indie films. Mm-hmm. Like even even Zodiac is a is a Fincher indie movie. Yeah, man. You know, it's long, but it wasn't a blockbuster by any. It's fucking three hours long. It can't be a blockbuster. But it's fucking banging. You know what I mean? It's a banging film. It's Fincher, of course. It's banging. But banging. If I'm Marvel Entertainment and I've got all of the Avengers mm-hmm. leaving Marvel and going to Merrill fucking Lynch, <sighs> do I want Tom Cruise or do I want Robert Downey Jr.? Personally, <laughs> right. If I was an exec, I'd think Tom Cruise. I'd just be sort of like, fuck it, you can buy it back. Yeah, exactly. Right. If you fuck this up, you buy it back, <laughs> yeah, and I'll put you in exactly. Iron Man too. <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> fucking get in touch with Scientology you know what I mean get the church in fuck it if they own it who gives a shit you know what I mean so not only have they got this recovering addict in there there's also basically no script most of this film was written either on the day it was shot right or in the scene improv get fucked no way yep no way totally improv so you know the scene where he sells the Jericho missile uh, the speech that he does yeah yes improv Get fucked, man. Agent Coulson. Uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. From S.H.I.E.L.D. Incredible character. Fuck have I missed that guy. Dude, I forgot he was in this, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, right? He was mm. originally like two or three lines, but because everyone was giving it back and forth, back and forth, yeah. he was quite good at it. And they were like, ah, this guy's pretty decent. Give him more lines. Good. Uh, Jeff Jeff Bridges said uh, it was like a 200 million student movie. <laughs> Him and Robert Downey Jr. Because Jeff yeah. Bridges normally rehearses every line, right? He gets he, he knows it word for yeah, word. Yeah, he's like a fucking top-tier actor. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He got there and he was like, there was no script. Okay. And sometimes uh, Robert and I would just swap characters and do the scene as if I was Iron Man and he was Stain. Wow. So we could see what the other one looked like. Could see how it came Ooh. across. That's fucking amazing that they just right. had the freedom to go fucking... 100%. 500 million. Mm-hmm. And the IP is on the line. Yeah. And they're yeah, like, yeah, do, you, yeah. do you want to be Iron Man for a bit? <laughs> 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 if, I, if I'm sitting behind financing this, I'd be sort of like, Jeff, you're not Iron Man. Be the bad guy. Stain, be stain. Iron Man, be Iron Man. Please. Spider Man is riding on this. Dodie Judas is there, being like, oh, Jeff, I'm a bit knackered, mate. Do you want to do this one? <laughs> do you want to take over for a bit? There's the bigger suit yeah. backstage. I mean, yeah. there was 140 million went into this, mate. There's about nine mm-hmm. suits back there. One of them's going to fit you. You know what I mean? There are huge parts of the script that were, were basically decided on the day of filming. I don't understand how that happened because for me, mm-hmm. watching this for the first time since probably the late. 2000s. Yeah. I forgot how good this film is. Oh, mate. Same. I'm not I'm not just saying it to like blow smoke up the uh, no, up, no, like no. your ass for we bringing don't this do to the, that. To the thing. It, like, no, no, we don't do that. We shit no. on each other's choices all the time. All but the I was time. watching this genuinely thinking like, have I, did I have a stroke or is this a lot better Dude, than I remember? I, I remember seeing this in the cinema, right? Yep. And I remember sitting there and going, this is a pretty good action film. <laughs> yeah. And then I watch it now mm-hmm. in 2023. I've watched it twice for it yep. to, prep for this i've watched it twice first time through i i couldn't make notes because i was like i don't remember how i've not seen this since yeah how how is this existed yeah being this good i've already seen it Mm -hmm. and i've never come back to it like how does that happen yeah yeah. i 18 year old me (laughs) completely missed the fucking point of this film yeah it's gone out the window but this i'm gonna put this in my list of perfect movies 
it's a com- everything it sets out to do, it achieves. It, it exceeds does. everything it, it sets out to do. My completely subjective list of perfect movies, yeah. Iron Man 1 is in there purely because of the amount of action, mm-hmm. the the way the action is carried out, yeah. the heart of the film. There is mm-hmm. there is so much love and joy and sadness and and like just heart-wrenching emotion mm-hmm. that runs through this. Casual murder. Casual murder. There's yeah. <laughs> there's <laughs> formal murder. There's <laughs> smart casual murder. Now there's comedy. It's the pacing, yeah. man. It never it yeah. never eases up. It never up. lets up. And it no. never lets you take a breather because no. before you know it, you're into the next you're into the next emotional state where you're like, oh God, now I've got to adjust to this. Oh God, now I've got to adjust to this. Oh yeah. God, now I'm crying because of the people in the Middle East, man. I'm realizing yeah, yeah, yeah. that this is his legacy. Yeah. He doesn't want this. And then I'm getting upset. <laughs> and then he's like, I'm going to save the day. I've been the bad guy this entire time without me even fucking realizing. And you're like, yes, Iron Man. Yes, buddy. <laughs> and then before you know it, the, the ending. You know what I mean? Oh, the, the, the film's perfection. over. The ending comes in. You're expecting a big boss fight. You get it. Mm-hmm. But not... And then... Again, in my mind, I'm thinking, oh, Iron Man kicks the shit out of uh, out of yeah, Jeff Bridges, yeah, and it's okay, the yeah, end yeah. of that. Blah 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 blah. Nah, mate. Pots. No, he Pots gets, comes he gets in shit and just fucking. By Iron Manga. D- dude, he gets battered. If yeah. Pots wasn't there to, yeah, yeah. To, to blow the reactor, he's dead. Speaking of forgotten it, I remembered them flying up because when he ices up the first time, he, he tests the capabilities of the suit. Yeah, he yeah. gets to a certain height, the suit ices up, and he falls to earth. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's how he defeats the bad guy. Right. Yeah, same, same, same. I'm watching. Same. I'm watching it for the, this podcast, mm-hmm. and Ironmonger freezes up. Stain falls to earth, and I'm like, yeah. "Oh, there we go. He's beating the guy." Yeah, yeah. and he lands, and he's having the emotional heart to heart. And then Ironmonger just fucking fly swats him out of the frame. And I'm like, "Oh my god! Oh my god! I've totally forgot." Like, I, yeah. it took me completely by surprise. Same, because it gives you a definitive: the villain has been defeated, and then just goes, "Nah, nah, he's not. He's back. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He's fine. He's so aggressively like." unfazed by Iron Man. It's incredible. It's, it's ridiculous, man. It is ridiculous. You said that this was improvised. Where, like, <laughs> Mate, right. When I say this is improvised, right. the end scene... Okay, hold on. The end scene... Are we talking end-end scene? Like the speech that he gives? where The reveal? The press conference. Oh, the reveal. Mate, goosebumps. Pinnacle of this film for me. You know what? I am Iron Man. Bam, 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 bam. Holy sh... Goosebumps, mate. Just everywhere. The words, I am Iron Man. Mm-hmm. Robert Downey Jr. ad-lib. <laughs> <laughs> he, right. there was a whole thing they were going to do. He was going to do the cover story, blah, 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 blah. Robert Downey Jr. in one of the improv takes just yeah. ad-libbed it. And they were like, oh, that's kind of sick. Because that's what the that's... character would do, right? He'd look at the woman in the eye that he had hate sex with. That's exactly what Tony Stark would do. And just yeah. go, oh, you're going to throw shade on me. Well, guess what? Yeah. I am Iron Man. Fuck you, right? Oh, what? You're going to try and embarrass me in front of the world when I'm giving this press conference about it being a bodyguard in a suit? All right, fuck you. It was me. I'm Iron Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Insane. They watched it. They were like, yeah, no, that tracks. They decided on that being the way the film was going to end. Right. They told all the extras involved in that scene that it was a dream sequence. To avoid spoilers. <laughs> oh, they were like, this doesn't actually happen in the film. so good. <laughs> right? Isn't it good? That's so yeah. good. And then they that became a thing going forward. If you think about the comic book versions of all these characters, yeah, yeah, yeah. they've all got secret identities. Thor has a secret identity. Yeah. Not in, not in the movies. Mind blown to me because yeah, yeah, you yeah. just take his helmet off and he looks identical to his, his, 
He's non-suit. You don't take your glasses off, and I don't go, oh, wow, autism, man. Yeah. I just go, it's still Ben. No, but no, no. You, Kent exists. I'm, see, this is the secret to be an autism man, Rob, is I'm yeah. always autistic. <laughs> <laughs> see why I like the Hulk, okay. <laughs> Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. I so do. So that, for me, is the absolute pinnacle of this movie. Mm-hmm. What yeah, about yeah, you? Yeah. What's the what's the what's the peak oh. moment for this of this movie for you? Mm. Absolute peak. What is it? Okay, okay. I tell you what it is. It's where mm-hmm. uh, Tony Stark and the kindest doctor that's ever lived. Like no NHS GP is ever as kind as the guy that Tony Stark was locked in a fucking terrorist cave with. I don't remember the last time I saw an NHS GP. I've been I've been the pharmacist <laughs> has been my doctor for like the last six months, man. Like yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. But they build the Mark One suit and then they have to turn it on because, you know, the terrorists get suspicious. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's just that boot up sequence. Right. And it's shot like a horror movie, right? Oh, it kind of is, you know. Right. The lights go out. You don't see the suit. You only see the reactions of the people who are seeing the suit. Sure. You see the fear in the faces of the terrorists. And you see the one guy fly across the fucking room shooting an AK-47. <laughs> right, exactly, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you catch glimpses of it, glimpses of it, glimpses of it. It's not until really he's kind of halfway out the cave that you get a full shot of the suit. Mm. In the meantime, it's kind of glimpses the way, same way you'd shoot a movie monster. And it really put me in mind of Jurassic Park, Ooh. which is funny because, you know, the kids in Jurassic Park 1, they're terrified of the dinosaurs. Yeah. So I, as an audience member, see their fear and I, I catch it, right? Yeah, you're scared of the dinosaurs. Exactly. And so selling that power and selling that sort of otherworldliness of this technology mm. is done perfectly in that scene. And then I realized, uh, looking do my research, they got in touch with Michael Crichton's researchers to talk about how the suit could be made. The Mark One suit. No fucking way, man. Michael Crichton wrote Jurassic Park. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the novel. And he's well known for having incredibly well-researched science factual science fiction. Mm-hmm. Um, and they got in touch with his research team and they were like, right, how do we do this? How do we make this sell on camera? And it makes perfect sense because there's just so much... It's just, for me, it's not the peak of the movie, it's not the pinnacle of the movie, but I think it's the thing I admire the most, is okay. that in a family-friendly blockbuster movie, they were pulling from all kinds of stuff. They were going, right, Jurassic Park worked. Let's not assume we know how to do that. Let's get in touch with people who do know how to do that, because they've done it before, and ask them what to do. That's fucking nutty that that's an actual thing. So you are yeah, talking about the, the reveal there. I think the reveal of... Um stained the mar- suit the iron monger oh right okay yeah is yeah. is uh, you just mentioned jurassic park it is exactly the fucking t-rex scene <laughs> yeah, in jurassic yeah, park yeah, yeah. The, the light the eyes light up and then he sort of yeah. comes out of the shadows insane the one thing i'm going to say about stain i love right. him dearly right is a bit gle- is a bit cliche let me do that again <clears throat> the one thing i'm going to say about stain i love him entirely right he's a great yeah film. yeah watching watching this film in 2023 he is quite cliche. Yeah. But I think back in 2008... Yeah, exactly. ...wasn't as cliche, but I think it's been done nah. so much since then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of difficult to watch it with the mindset of 18-year-old me. It's like listening to the Beatles now. You're like, what's special about this? Yeah. <laughs> right? You're like, this is so I'm, cliche. And it's uh, like, I'm, yeah, because of them. <laughs> okay. When I listen to the Beatles now and I'm like, why is this special? And then I'm also fully erect, covered in goosebumps. I'm like, oh, there it yeah, is. That's why it's incredible. Guy. That's you're a Beatles guy. Whereas, you know, I like them now I'm, and then. Mate. Oh, my days. I hate everything about this. Yeah. <laughs> I hate this so much. You can come together over me. It's fine. I hate this. <laughs> All right. So 
Stain, stereotypical villain for you. I get that. Stain, father, partnership and business, gets shown up by the kid, and then he's like, oh, I'm going to fuck this little bastard over. This company's mine! Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's fine. It's fine now, but it's, back in the day. It's fine. Incredible. I think, I think it adds to that sort of Greek... Tri- it's, it's a Greek sort of uh, trope, isn't it? It's that thing of like replacing the father. You know, he doesn't, he can't, he's living up to the ideal of his actual father and then yeah. he's got the false father. It's Hamlet, essentially. Oh, pa- Iron Man is Hamlet. Oh, shit. <laughs> okay. It's not, it's not, but that's, ba- that's basically where it's, they steal, stolen. It's basically it, but also, now I'm it. kind of thinking that the villain in 2008 was a bit cliche because Hamlet did it in like what? What, when was Hamlet written? Like 2001, 2002? Yeah, I think it's uh, around <laughs> about there, yeah. It was kind of pre-CGI getting good. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was it was at least before CGI got good. I, yeah. can, I can confidently say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, okay, it's a bit cliche, yes. And I and this is where I struggle with this film because I watched it, it blew my absolute tits off. I, rem- mm. I was reminded how, how much I loved it. Mm-hmm. I wonder if there's a certain bit of I watched it was one of the first comic book movies we didn't know where it was going to go mm. the stakes are a lot lower because they're all mostly personal stakes there's no stakes um, in this film but it is one of the most tense yeah uh, Marvel films I remember you know what I mean because it, it's quite character driven and this sort of stuff but then I do wonder how much of it is nostalgia like in in 30 years I, are people going to yeah. watch this and go this slaps is this going to be Close Encounters is this going to be Alien you know, you can watch those films now. It doesn't matter that Alien came out 50 years ago. You watch it and you go, this fucking slaps. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I don't really think it was nostalgia. I think it was more, the stakes are so low and personal that it's almost relatable. Yeah. Whereas since then, Marvel has been sort of like, guys, the world's going to end again. Yeah, there's a dragon in the moon. D- but also, it's not <laughs> just the world. It's the moon. The planet's an egg. And I'm yeah. like, oh, get fucked. That's like Moonfall, where the, the yeah. moon is alive and Sam from Game of Thrones now lives in the moon. <laughs> a lot of it, I love it because it's it's nostalgia. But yeah. even beyond that nostalgia, mm-hmm. coming at it as like a, a an amateur YouTuber and podcaster now. Sure. I think it's a magic trick of a film. And when I was 18, mm. I watched it and I just went, oh, that's cool. The coin disappeared. Same. But I'm watching I'm watching it now, having done two years of reading on how magic tricks are done. And I'm still going, no, nah, that's, that's not... A hundred percent, buddy. I completely get <laughs> what you're saying. That's not likely. Like you're not doing, you're not, you're not doing it through sleight of hand. You're not doing it through that. No. Like I know more about film, and so it delights me more. Yeah. Because it seems less possible. Yes, yeah, dude. <laughs> I'm exactly with you, man. Eighteen year old me was running around drinking and doing drugs. Right. That was my main yeah, concern. Yeah. I want to finish this film so I can go smoke yeah. a blunt and go drink some whiskey with my buddies. Right. Yeah. That was yeah, it. Yeah. It was a great action movie on the surface. Super fun action movie. It validated yeah. me. As a nerd, it validated my childhood as those, you know, those weekends spent going to yeah, the next yeah, town yeah. over, spending time on the train, swapping comic books with my mates. Mm-hmm. Validated all that. I was happy with that. I took that away from the film. Yeah. I carry on living my life. Watching it now, like you've just said, after doing this for mm-hmm. two years of me and you discussing like yeah. what films actually are and what they can actually fucking mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mate, patriotism versus Islamophobia, it's especially rife. <laughs> In the in the two thousands, <laughs> the mid to late two thousands, oh, it was God, fucking, yeah, it was yeah, brutal. Yeah, yeah. You've got, I don't know why. Ah, it's, it's lost on me, buddy. Lost on me, buddy. Uh, the warlord turned protector. 
Yeah. When face to face with the consequences of his legacy and what mm-hmm. that actually means. Like he's just been living his life like, oh, this is how dad did it. Mm-hmm. This is how the company do it. Yeah, yeah. I'm here to save America. I got the money. Yeah. Save America. And I'm going to buy a fucking Rolls Royce mm-hmm. and keep showing my Audi R8 to everyone. You know what I mean? Oh, just that fucking- Audi R8 gets a lot of product placement <laughs> in this. So. Oh, mate. Yeah, yeah. They got a heavy sponsor. But what <laughs> the thing that delighted me the most. I watched it first time through. I couldn't take notes because I was just, I was enjoying Mm -hmm. myself far too much to sit and start typing. Second time through, I was like, this is a genuinely heartfelt, meaningful film about Mm -hmm. looking at the decisions you've made, recognizing your mistakes, and then not sort of wallowing in that Mm -hmm. mess. It's learning to change and grow from that. Which, if you think about Robert Downey Jr. Right. Has done that exact thing and turned into Uh fucking Iron Man. So now that you, now, okay. Now that you mentioned it, fuck Tom Cruise. He didn't deserve it, right? <laughs> <laughs> he, did, he didn't live the ideals of Iron Man. I've talked nah. myself back into Robert Downey Jr. All right, I'm, I'm here. I'm with you. I'm with you. So, if you're with me, I'm I with have you. a question for you. Give me the question. How is any of this legal? Because if you just <laughs> went over, if you just went over to say, I don't know, France, right? Sure. And just did some law enforcement. Right. <laughs> Bit illegal, right? Just did a you bit of law enforcement. You just went over to France and just arrested a few people and went, you're welcome for free. I think it depends on the level of law right, enforcement. Okay. Like if I okay. walk into a supermarket and start following people where I'm going, don't you fucking steal that. Don't you do not steal that baguette. Do right. not steal the li- baguette. Little bit illegal, right? Little bit. What I'm saying is if you go, if you go over to say a French desert, they have thousands of them, right? Yeah, yeah. It's right. You blow up. Yeah. And you just blow up, I don't know, eight or nine tanks and kill about 50 people. Yeah. Slightly more illegal, right? Than, than to be in a supermarket. Sure. But Tony Stark just does it. So my question is, mm. what are, what do you think Tony Stark's two most pressing legal issues are? Because I've researched this in some depth. <laughs> I'm ashamed to admit sure. I spent I spent a few hours, okay. sleepless hours. It was post midnight, yeah, yeah. just on my laptop, my little goblin face lit by the blue of my laptop, just reading up law. How is Iron Man legal? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Okay. Um. Okay. First, I'm gonna say airspace and getting clearance to fly would be an issue. Fuck oh, yes, it is. That's one of would them. be one. Is that it? Yeah, it's one of them. That's the first one. That's the biggest one. I'm so Iron Man, mate. <laughs> you so are. I the second he takes off off the ground, he'd be immediately in prison. He violates yeah. every airspace yeah, 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 rule yeah, yeah, yeah. there is. He just says to, a, like, a colonel, keep the skies clear. Yeah, exactly, right? That's not permission, buddy. <laughs> and also, he happens he happens to down a warplane, uh, costing hundreds of millions. Not a big problem. But, no. like, if that had been a passenger plane, more of a problem. Bit of a problem. Bit more of a problem. Bit yeah, of yeah, a yeah, problem. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's more of a PR it's, problem, right? Then cause... he becomes, I am Lockerbie Man. And yeah. we don't want this... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah that's a good one alright and then I'm going to say what about the um, it's got to be something to do with the suit like owning the tech or the, right. the, the tech being oh. so full of like military grade weapons you see this is why I love you this is why I love you because you're okay. exactly right again right okay how does he copyright the suit <laughs> you want to because Okay. Because look at it this way, right? Okay. He's built all this stuff. It's yeah. all paid for with government money. Is it? He's re- yeah, it's all hit all of his funding is through government contracts. So his R and D is oh. funded by the state, right? And secondly, he builds the Mark One suit out of weapons that were developed oh. under license for the US government. 
So all of the parts of that suit, all of the intellectual property of Holy that suit. Holy shit. Right. So now he's got to keep it secret. So he can either go down, if he wants to patent it to make sure that no one else can copy his suit. Right. When you submit a patent, you've got to describe in full detail how the invention works so that it can be replicated oh. so that when your patent expires, it's a free-for-all. Ooh. So instead, you've got to go down the Coca-Cola route of like trade secrets and this, that, or the other. Well, I'm not sure where Iron Man goes from here, but what I'm hoping is right. is that the next film opens up in some sort of, I don't know, courtroom where they're discussing the legality of Iron Man. Oh, I mean, maybe. Who knows? Let's hope. Let's Who hope. Knows? We've we've not so we've not covered that film yet, so there's just no way of telling. There you there? go. No there's one knows. Just no way of no, telling. No, one one knows. Knows. no one knows. No one's seen it. Rob, I've got a question for you. Okay. Being as you've brought that very thoughtful, researched, thoroughly researched question, thank you. It was it's enlightened mm-hmm. my my day. I didn't realize you know, I wasn't thinking about the patents. I was more thinking about having fucking missiles in your arms. <laughs> that might be an issue in Malibu, right? But yeah. So Rob, you have brought a well-researched question. I have a question for you. Oh, okay. Interesting. Which I feel is is equally well researched. Right. Um was this before the fanny candles for Gwyneth Paltrow? Uh, I don't know. I, uh, it's a question that I feel like everyone's dying to know. Uh, it is. I think so. She, uh, For those that don't get the reference, Gwyneth Paltrow has gone full crusty and has a, sh- has a shop called Goop.com where she... She uh, makes fanny candles! She, uh, this candle smells like my vagina and psychic vampire repellent mm-hmm. and basically any sort of pseudoscience with a large price tag gets pushed out through there. Yeah. I think this is. Yeah, yeah, I think great. this is just pre. I think she's still dating Chris Martin. They haven't consciously uncoupled yet. Are you blaming Chris Martin for fanny candles? I'm blaming Chris Martin for everything. <laughs> <laughs> there is very little I would not blame Chris Martin. for. Yeah, I would too. Fuck that guy. You haven't still. You still haven't told me how much this film made. Oh yeah, so uh, they took out the big five hundred twenty-five million pound loan. And they spent one hundred forty million on it on Iron Man. Okay. If it flopped, they lost the rights to all of their characters. They bet the they bet the farm on a recovering addict, a struggling director who'd made Elf and Zathura, and Zathura had flopped. Uh, Elf was fucking fantastic and still is, though. It was, but it was not a huge financial hit. It was, you know, it was critically loved, but not the Christmas movie. It became a Christmas classic, but it didn't start out mm. as one. So Favreau wasn't a, a great winner either. There was very little in terms of script, and they made five hundred and fifty million quid. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Merrill Lynch sitting there rubbing their hands being like boys get yeah. the fucking red and blue out we got Spider-Man buddy yeah. no. get ready to change the name to Captain America no wait ah. Bank of Captain America there we go yeah no they got none of that mm. they got none of that they got nothing Buckers. awful fucking um, fair play to them though mate they gambled and paid yeah, off it did. fair fucking play buddy have we, uh, have we got a game this week? We don't have a game this week, but uh, we, you and I were chatting. Okay. Uh, we were talking about Pope Soldiers yeah. on our Neil Blomkamp series. For on the audio podcast, we've been covering every Neil Blomkamp movie ever made. District 9, Elysium, Chappie, and Demonic. Um, Demonic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, buddy. We're piece the of shit metal film. as fuck piece of shit. With Pope Soldiers. With Pope Soldiers. Pope Soldiers sounds so much like a franchise. And mm. I wanted to do like, who hates franchises? Christopher fucking Nolan because we covered every one of his movies and We've he hates franchise Nolan. and I was thinking we could do I've got a film pitch for you right I've, I've not sketched it all out so you can you can cool, help cool, me with cool, it cool 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 I'm in for this so I've only got as far as the title right it's Christopher Nolan versus Pope Soldiers and bow, bow, bow. 
Right, yeah, yeah. So we did... We, Metal! The Pope Soldiers, obviously, from Neil Blomkamp yep. uh, series. Yep. Christopher Nolan, we did all of his movies in the audio podcast as Christopher well. Christopher fucking Nolan! Uh, and so I feel it's important that we reflect mm-hmm. that um, with maybe like a film pitch. So my, my, my thought so far is yep. Christopher Nolan okay. uh, has made a film about the Vatican... He's got too close to the truth. Right, 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 right. They have to deploy the Pope soldiers to stop him exposing all their oh, you know, children on leashes. Maybe he gets possessed and the Pope soldiers have yeah. to step in to, to cure Christopher fucking Nolan. Yeah, yeah. But so so in the film, the character is famed cinema director Christopher oh, Nolan, right. but he's not played. <laughs> he's not played by Christopher Nolan. Right. He's, I don't know, like Jim Carrey or... I don't know, Paulie Shaw or something. I like think the worst. Yeah, I, Rob, Rob Schneider. Oh, okay. So Rob <laughs> Schneider playing Christopher Nolan in the film where yeah. he's he is canonically film director. Christopher, Christopher Nolan. Nolan. Okay, yeah, yeah. okay, okay. He's got the scar. <laughs> For some reason, he walks everywhere with the Gibson flying. Yeah, that shoots just lightning. in case, man. Who are you, buddy? Just Christopher in case. Exactly. Oh, yeah, yeah. he can like stand at the top of the mountain, do a solo, and lightning comes down. Right. You know that I'm think I'm kind of thinking. I'm that. in for all of this, and then at one condition. Right. Okay. The film is directed by Christopher Nolan. <laughs> oh yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah. All right. Yeah. Fucking. I'm in, man. I, f- I'm in. I feel. Like, I feel like it's the only way Christopher Nolan can get his scripts to be more complex. Yeah. Is if he makes it about himself, yeah, 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 yeah. and it becomes like an Inception. It, have you seen Synecdoche, New York, where the guy writes a writes a, no. his autobiography? It's a it's a film in which um, Philip Seymour Hoffman's writing his autobiography, or it's a play about his life, a book about his yeah, life. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. then he gets up to the point where he's made. He gets up to the point in his autobiography where he's writing the book. Oh, wow! And then starts making a play, and then starts making a movie, and the movie is about the play, That's cool. which is about the book, uh, which is about his life. It's a Charlie Kaufman yeah. thing, and. It's incredibly fart sniffing, smug in love with itself. <laughs> yeah, it sounds um, good. Let's chin stroke. Let's not do that. Let's go full like goofy. Perfect for Nolan. Let's okay, go full yeah. goofy. Like I'm thinking, eighties B movie type shit, right? I'd I'd love to see Christopher Nolan's sex comedy. You know, got you. <laughs> Sold. Sold. Let's get it funded. Let's get it going. What are you? Uh, what are you rating Iron Man? Fat ten. Obvious fat okay. ten. Okay. All right, all right, This right. is the benchmark. This is, as, uh, for me, this might be as good as Marvel ever will be. Okay. Uh, fucking hell, it's a bold statement for episode one. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is the benchmark. It's sure. incredible. I think there's a sharp drop after this. Okay. Okay. I think the next the next three, I got some problems. <laughs> I mean, all right, we'll we'll get there. We'll get there with them. How about how about you, buddy? How about you? I'm I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go an eight. 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 It was fantastic. I loved every second of it. I'm gonna put it. What are the two points it lost? Uh, it's fine for like story wise and subtext and stuff like this. It's not exactly my cup of tea. No, but but I'm I'm judging this within the within the context of what it is, right? It, what it set and out. I know to be. where Marvel goes, right? And I, there are there are some okay. Marvel installments yeah, in yeah, like yeah. Phase One and Phase Two that I that I fucking adore. So I'm gonna leave like a little wiggle room. You're right, but. Just for when it gets there. Okay, fine. You're right. I'm, I scrap the fat ten. Okay. We'll, we'll go to a nine. Oh, okay. We'll go to a See, nine. That, you now you're it. thinking. Now we're now we're swimming in the same yeah, waters. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Okay. We're killing okay. it. Okay. Uh, time for comment corner, or I don't think we should do comment corner. What we're gonna do is we're gonna ask ask you at home to 
comment on this video and what we'll do next week. Comment below. Yeah, comment below. Next week we'll do a double length one and we'll we'll come back with some of the yeah. comments that we get, some of the feedback that we get yeah. from this. For for new listeners or new viewers in this new case, uh, comment corner is a rec- recurring segment. Uh, on our podcast where anything we get on our socials, the funny stuff, the incredible abuse, uh, it's sometimes nice feedback. It's yeah. been a bit too much nice feedback it's lately. It's been very nice. This is our first YouTube video, so please comment below or if you're listening on the audio platform, find the YouTube video, comment, and uh, next episode, we will find the funniest, the best, and the brightest and share it with all of It'd you. It'd be great. Um, if you want to get involved in Comment Corner, um, that's where to do it, YouTube. YouTube, YouTube, YouTube. And next week, it'll be back on all the socials. I think that's all the time we've got for this week, though. Unfortunately, we need to wrap this up. Guys, thank you so fucking much for hanging out with us. It's been an absolute pleasure. It always is. Thank you for bearing with us while we sort of figure out this whole YouTube shit. I mean, I'm I'm looking at you here, but you are stood on an empty cardboard box on top of a board game. You know what I mean? (laughs) Don't take it personal. I am putting you on a pedestal. Next (laughs) week, we are going to be back with the final installment of our Neil Blomkamp series. We are. Gran Turismo. I don't know why I do that spooky voice, man. I need to do... What's a race car voice? Yeah, it's... Gran Turismo. Like like I've ever watched a race, ever. I'm in my mum's car. There <laughs> we go. Grant her fucking turismo, man. I'm in my mum's car. Fucking Grant turismo. Thank each and every one of you so fucking much from the bottom of our hearts. Honestly, it means the absolute world that you spent some time here with us. We will see you next week. In the meantime, uh, we like to round out the show with me telling each and every listener and now viewer to do what society always tells us to do. Um, uh, meanwhile, Ben's going to wrap up. Um, the themes and messages of the movie yes I am um, to thank you for spending an hour of your time with us at the start of the week mm. um, and make it into like an inspirational you know affirmative moment yeah while I just tell you to consume okay hear me out now Robert Downey Jr in the early 2000s gets fired from Ali McFucking Beale and then picks himself up dusts himself off cracks on to become fucking Iron Man you can get up on a Tuesday for work. You know what I mean? You might feel like you can't, but I guarantee you, buddy, we're fucking there with you. We love you. Be the Robert Downey Jr. We know you all can be. You know what I mean? I don't know what the fuck I'm saying on this, man. I need to start prepping this. You know what I mean? I need to start prepping it. <sighs>